Good morning. My name is Blair. Welcome to our podcast this morning, where we're continuing our series looking at the times where Jesus uses the phrase, I am, when describing himself. But today, we're going to look at the origin of that statement, when God says it to Moses in the book of Exodus, which, and that event takes place thousands of years before Jesus. Thanks for joining me, and I hope that you enjoy today's topic. You know, in in the book of Exodus, there is a well-known and fascinating story of Moses encountering God in a burning bush. And it's during this interaction that God describes himself as, I am who I am. And that's been, you know, the whole focus of this series, looking at the I am statements of Jesus. But today, we're going to look more closely at the origin story which happened long before Jesus walked the earth. And so today we're going to be in Exodus chapter 3. If you want to turn there or click there in your Bible so you can follow along, because I'm going to read, you know, a verse or two or three or maybe a bit more, and then I'm going to talk about it. So are you ready? All right, because here we go. We're going to start Exodus chapter 3 this morning. And it says this, it says, Now Moses was tending the flock of Jethro, his father-in-law, the priest of Midian. And it says that he led the flock to the far side of the wilderness and came to Horeb, the mountain of God. So here we see right at the start, Moses is out in the wilderness and he finds God. And, And here's the first thing for you and I today. You can find God in the wilderness. Now, the wilderness is a metaphor. It's a metaphor for the difficulties of life which have a way of making us feel isolated and alone, which is what Moses is experiencing. But in that, God always knows exactly where you and I are. And he's with us even when we aren't aware of him. So let me encourage you right from the start to look for him when you're in the wilderness of life. The wilderness has a way of of humbling you, of making you uncomfortable and alone. And you can let it push you away from or towards God. God uses our difficulties to refine, to mature, and to prepare us. And this is what's happening in Moses' life right here. So it goes on, and it says this. It says, There the angel of the Lord appeared to him, to Moses, in flames of fire from within a bush. Moses saw that though the bush was on fire, it did not burn up. That's a strange thing that would get anybody's attention. So Moses thought, I'll go over there and see this strange sight. Why doesn't the bush burn up? And when the Lord saw that he'd gone over to look, God called to him from within the bush. He says, Moses, Moses. And Moses says, here I am. God responds and says, don't come any closer. Take off your sandals for the place where you're standing is holy ground. And then he said, I am the God of your father, the God God of, of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob. And at this, Moses hid his face because he was afraid to look at God. So you see, later in Moses' life, and as this story develops, there were times when Moses was very near to God. So the instruction that you hear, you know, the instruction to not come any closer and to take off his sandals was was not a direction to be followed at all times, but it was for this one specific incidence. This, this was a holy moment 
where God was revealing himself to Moses. And that revelation is preparation for Moses' mission, for the thing that God has for him to do, and which is, of course, to set Israel free from captivity, slavery in Egypt. Now, for any of us, for any one of us, to accomplish what God has for us to do here on earth, from raising a family to delivering a nation, we need to know God if we're ever gonna accomplish it. And God is interested in preparing us, preparing you and me for that mission. You know, th this is the first time that the concept of holiness is described in the Bible. And in case you're wondering, Right, um, God didn't show up to that particular location on the mountain because it was holy. The area became holy when God himself, you know, when God made himself present there. The main thinking as to why Moses had to remove his shoes is that servants or slaves of that time went barefoot. And God is letting Moses know his calling and his place. And by removing his shoes, Moses is uh, really agreeing to what God is calling them to. And I think there's something to be said there, um, you, you know, for the holiness of the ground where God is present and Moses physically connecting to it. That there was nothing in between him and God. And, and because this is what God desires, right? The holiness of God, it, it's greater. It is more powerful than our sin, but God wants us, he wants you and I to willingly surrender those things that we want to keep between us and him, right? The, the sinful, selfish choices. You know, we're, we are often asking and answering the question, you know, can, can we trust God? Can I trust God? But, but honestly, a, a more important question might be this. It might be, can God trust us? You see, the, the idea of a holy encounter with God and a calling into a great mission sounds appealing, but we have to be able to follow simple instructions before we can receive any of it, right? What's he say? Take off your sandals, Moses. And in Moses understanding what all that meant and what it implied. Now, here's the thing, right? Moses had a privileged upbringing, even though now he was a shepherd, but he'd had a privileged upbringing and a troubled past that he was running away from, and, and, and that led him into the wilderness. And it might have been really easy in that moment to say, no thanks, God, I, I'm not interested, I'll leave my sandals on my feet, and I'll just keep moving. But his obedience demonstrated his willingness to accept whatever God had in mind. And there's a mindset there for you and I. There's a mindset for us to adopt that demonstrates to God that he can trust us with the mission that he has for us. So verse seven, it says this, the Lord said, I, I have indeed seen the misery, of, the misery of my people in Egypt. I've heard them crying out because of the, the slave drivers and I'm concerned about their suffering. So I've come down to rescue them from the hands of the Egyptian and to bring them up out of the land and into a good and spacious land, a land flowing with milk and honey. That sounds good, right? And God says it's the home of the Canaanites, the Hittites, the Amorites, the Perizzites, the Hivites, and the Jebusites. It's a lot of ites, right? And now the cry of Israel has reached me, and I've seen the way the Egyptians are oppressing them. So he says, so now go. I'm sending you to Pharaoh to bring my people, the Israelites, out of Egypt. But Moses said to God, who am I 
that I should go to Pharaoh and bring the Israelites out of Egypt. And God said, I'll be with you. And this will be the sign uh, to you um, that, is, that it's I who have sent you. When you've brought the people out of Egypt, you will worship God on this mountain. So Moses said to God, so well, suppose I go to the Israelites and, and say to them, the God of your fathers has sent me to you. And they ask me, well, what's his name? Seems like a pretty legitimate question, right? Then what shall I tell them? God said to Moses, I am who I am. This is what you're to say to the Israelites. I am has sent me to you. Now, God also said to Moses, right? Say to the Israelites, the Lord, the God, the Lord, the God of your fathers, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac and the God of Jacob has sent me to you. This is my name forever. The name you shall call me from, the genera from generation to generation. So this is quite an incredible interaction. And, and here's the thing, it's not like Moses and the Israelite people didn't know God's name. They knew him as Yahweh, which we often translate God Almighty or Lord. And so Moses asking the question about who he should say sent him is because he's, he recognizes here that God is doing something different. And God's names reveal his character. And so Moses is asking to understand, he's asking God to understand what he's gonna do and, and who, who he's saying that he is so that he could then communicate it to those that he was gonna lead. Because when he shows up saying, God sent me, they were gonna ask, well, what does God have in mind? And so God's answer of I am who I am doesn't, you know, it doesn't reveal every step of the plan, but it does tell Moses that God has a plan and that he was powerful enough to carry it out. God is saying, you know, it's my very nature as God to deliver people from captivity. And while you, Moses, you may not understand the timing of it, this is who I am. That's what God is saying by, by his name. The, you know, this interaction and the deliverance of Israel points to the person of Jesus and God's ultimate plan of saving us from our sins, which sin made us captives of the devil. And God is, God's very nature is to rescue his creation. And thousands of years later, when Jesus was alive here on earth, he tells us that he is the, that same God that spoke to Moses. And you can find it in John chapter eight, where Jesus is having a, a pretty unpleasant interaction with some of the religious leaders of his day, where they're accusing Jesus of being demon possessed. And the religious leaders bring up Abraham, who, pre, who preceded Moses. And so Jesus responds and he says, before Abraham was born, I am. And so Jesus, when he says this, he is boldly claiming to be the same eternal God who spoke to Moses through the burning bush. The same God whose, whose very nature is to deliver people from captivity. Jesus isn't hiding it. And in Jesus' day, you know, they were physically captive. Israel was physically captive to Rome. But again and again, Jesus declares that he is there to deliver humanity from sin because that's where true freedom is found. And so each I am statement 
that Jesus makes points to an area of freedom that God wants us to experience, where his very nature sets us free. So here they are. Here, here are the I am statements that we've looked at in this series. When Jesus, you know, when, as the bread of life, when he says, I am the bread of life, as the bread of life, he is telling us that he will satisfy our soul, that, that we can be free from the many things that, that try to, that, the ways that we try to bring peace to our heart and mind, but true lasting peace is only found in him. Now, as the vine, he is our source of goodness in, our, in life. And as we remain in him, we are set free from what can be our, our self-conscious, even obsessive need to feel good about ourselves. And when we stay, so here's the thing, when we stay connected to him, that's where we find our true worth. As the gate and the good shepherd, Jesus knows how to take care of us so that we can be free, free from worry. As the, as the way, the truth, and the life, Jesus is telling us that we can trust him to lead us, not just to eternal life, but to truth here on earth as well, so that we can be free from confusion and, and insecurity. We can know the truth because Jesus is the truth. As the light of the world, Jesus is telling us that, that he will show us his way of life and that we can be free from darkness. A lot of people have dark things in their lives, you know, dark secrets, hidden sins, destructive habits and addictions and, and ways of thinking. And when God tells Moses, I am who I am, one of the things he's referring to is his eternal nature. Now, what that means is that God knows all about your life. Even He knew all about your life, even before you lived it. Now, I don't believe God made the choices for you, but he was aware of them. And that means if you're watching or you're listening to this right now, God knew that you would do that. And what he wants you to hear today is that he desires to set you free from the darkness in your life. He loves you. He is for you, even when you're in dark places. But he has not created you to live in darkness. You can be free today because he is the light of the world. Now, the last one is this. It's as, you know, as the resurrection and the life, Jesus took our death at the cross so that we could share in his resurrected life. I mean, there's no greater cure for despair or hopelessness than knowing the resurrected Jesus Christ. We, we may not get everything set right in this life, but, but there is a time coming when Jesus will set all things right and death itself will be extinguished. Today, I believe that Jesus wants you to experience him as the God who delivers and sets free. If you need peace, if you need to get over yourself, right? if you need rest in, in, in his care, if you need to know the truth, if you need to be freed from darkness, or if you need the cure for despair and hopelessness, he wants to meet you right where you are today, to have a holy moment with you. So here's what I'm going to ask you to do. I'm going to ask you to be quiet, to be still before the Lord, to be still before God, you know, to, to take off your sandals by surrendering to him, your, your fears, your worries, your secrets. 
Ask him to set you free and what he wants you to know about his character today. And then sit quietly for a little while and let him talk to you. Hear what he has to say to you today. Because if you're trapped in darkness, if you're not sure which way to go, if you need peace, he wants to set you free from confusion and worry and fear. He wants to set you free from addiction and dark things that, that have maybe plagued your life. He loves you. He cares about you. And, and, and he says to you, I am for you. I am who I am for you. I am there to deliver you. I am there to heal you and to set you free. So what's going to happen now is uh uh, a screen's going to come up and the I am statements of Jesus are going to be on there. There's going to be some music playing and uh, it's just going to give you an opportunity to be still before God, to surrender to him new, fresh today, and to ask him, ask him what he wants you to know about his character today, because that will set you free. God bless you. Have a great week.